0: This is Todd Summerfield. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Kirkston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Well, the uh, weather radar, pretty colorful this morning. Rain, snow, a mix of rain and snow across North Dakota, much of Minnesota. Grand Forks-based National Weather Service meteorologist Matthew McLaughlin says much of the precipitation showing up on radar, though, not reaching the ground at the moment.
2: So right now we've had some reports of a light rain and snow mix. A lot of the stuff is actually not reaching the ground, which is kind of interesting for us, but it's kind of varying on um, county to county Currently in Marshall County, we have reports of a light rain-snow mix and also in some areas of Wash County. But if you go towards like more eastern Marshall, we're not, we're not picking up a, a whole lot of precipitation hitting the ground.
1: McLaughlin says another round of rain and snow will move into the region behind this morning's system.
2: Uh, once this moves through, we have a slight like lull. And then we do have another system that's going to impact our our region here soon enough. Um, maybe a couple hour break before we start seeing the clouds lower again, and then more precip essentially moving through. Um, we're likely to see more of a rain snow mix, given our temperatures right around freezing to slightly warmer in the south, um, and then all of that pretty much transitioning to snow in the later hours of this evening into the early parts of the morning
1: and total snow accumulations expected to be an inch or less. Slippery roads gonna be the biggest issue. Minnesota Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson has participated in trade missions around the world and looks forward to visiting Cuba in the new year. Peterson says there is interest in uh, renewed trade relations.
0: Really helpful to see uh, that mission and, and always interest in Cuba markets. We have a long history going back to Jesse Ventura when he was governor, really opened a lot of doors for farmers and egg uh, uh, companies, and so in my travels we see a lot of interest in that too. So hopefully we can see uh, uh, cattle markets and some of our grains uh, going there.
1: Recent trade mission to Australia focused on collaboration, especially in wheat research. 30%
0: of the people that live there were not born there. And so they have a big influx of people. Uh, Their farming is going through a lot of challenges. We think we have drought and weather issues. They have a lot. And so does that create opportunities for us? Another piece was collaboration. We went to the University of Sydney. And they have a great wheat rust program, one of the best in the whole world. But the, the professors and everybody there collaborate with the University of Minnesota and the Dakota Universities on wheat rust. So very important when you look at what a big world is, it's really a small
1: world. There's more stored grain on the landscape than what we might have anticipated back in July. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: Northland Community College Farm Business Management instructor, Betsy Jensen, says unexpected yields mean farmers have a lot more unsold grain than they planned. There's definitely a lot of grain being stored, and um, in some cases, because the bushels were higher than we expected, uh, we didn't think we were going to raise that many bushels, and so farmers kind of have a, it's a wonderful problem to have more bushels than they expect. Um, And because of how things looked this summer, a lot of farmers were a little afraid to forward contract. You know, we had a pretty good rally in July, um, but we had a rally because we were hot and dry and farmers looked at their fields and said, geez, I don't dare. Um, In hindsight, uh, there should have been dares taken. Right. We should have done more forward contracting. Jensen cautions producers to really analyze market risk on stored grain. There's also a lot of farmers that are rolling their contracts ahead. So perhaps they delivered their soybeans at harvest and did a basis fix, and they just keep rolling it ahead. Uh, We've really got to work on uh, risk management. Um, We've got a lot banking in that elevator right now, and um, it's it's tough to have that much grain unsold. I hope farmers maybe take a a hard look at what they have for, for risk right now in those markets. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Congress has passed
1: legislation allowing schools to serve whole milk. That's in addition to the 2% milk that is now available. That bill now will move on to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Barley Council has been working on getting funding for an endowed uh, chair at North Dakota State University. District 3 Barley Council Representative Tony Schneider says right now that is on hold.
4: We were kind of trying to work out on getting an endowed chair position for the barley pathologist at NDSU. Uh, to Thomas Baldwin. him and his team are doing some very good work, but uh, we kind of the way the industry is going and the way things are, we might have to step back from that for uh, for a year or two. But uh, we still are got that on our radar to see if we can reach out to industry and get some commitments from them and get some uh, um, grant money to achieve that goal. But uh, for now, we're just going to step back from that. and, and But uh, we will be picking that up in the future. Sure. That's one of the things.
1: And Schneider says an endowed barley pathologist chair is needed.
4: Barley pathologist works on a lot of disease issues and, and that can also plague, you know, barley production in the state of North Dakota, you know, bacterial leaf streak and dawn and things like that. So us better understanding how it works and, and, uh, and you know, it is very important, very important. And, and Mr. Dr. Baldwin is doing some excellent work there that I foresee that will, uh, is part of the future of North Dakota barley production.
1: Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council Treasurer Ben Storm says the soybean council has been promoting Minnesota soybeans in Uzbekistan.
5: We're doing a project in Uzbekistan to try to get whole soybeans over there. Um, we got a, an in-country rep over there that's that's trying to or that's working with both um, poultry and dairy guys to to include soybean meal in their rations and and looking at getting some crush capacity in Uzbekistan so that's exciting to me to get get more of our soybeans exported somewhere
1: storm hopeful the soybeans going to Uzbekistan would move through the port of Duluth Superior
5: the goal will be to uh, get it to go out through Duluth and get get over there um, we actually spent some time in Halifax this past summer as a group looking at at the potential to go export beans through the through the through the um, Great Lakes channels and and go out that way, go out the east side of the of the country. So that's pretty exciting.
1: Minnesota Soybean Growers Association President Bob Worth hopeful that leadership understands the purpose of crop insurance as uh, they work toward the next farm bill.
5: I think they see what it what it can do and what it should do because it's it's there to protect farmers when you have a bad crop. You can't make money on crop insurance. You cannot make money because it only gives you 80% of what, what you should have, which is good And because we don't want people to start farming for crop insurance because it's there for one reason and one reason only. And that's what it's made to do and that's what it's got to continue to do.
1: Worth says crop insurance is essential to the survival of farms.
5: I'm an older farmer, and I thought maybe when I got to my age, we wouldn't have to borrow money, but... It seems like we're borrowing as much money as I always did farming uh, when I first started. It's just, it takes so many dollars to put a crop in and keep keep the farm going for a whole year.
1: Looking forward to the next Minnesota legislative session, Minnesota Farmers Union Government Relations Director Stu Lohr. says lawmakers will have some tough budget decisions to make.
0: Um, last week, state budget officials, forecasters came out with an updated um, uh, forecast and, and kind of the upshot, which, which frankly, you know, we anticipated coming out of last session, but, um, there's going to be significantly, um, less money to work with, uh, this session.
1: Laurie says the historic $17.6 billion budget surplus will go away.
0: That surplus is not ongoing, right? So it's going to cover, um, are are projected spending in the next two bienniums but there's basically um, no extra money and in fact at present the state is taking in less in tax revenues than it's projected to spend on programs.
1: The latest U.S. Drought Monitor shows 43 percent of the Midwest is in drought. Iowa, Missouri have been hit the hardest. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, expects drought to persist throughout the winter due to strong El Nino conditions. Water levels are expected to remain below normal for the remainder of the year on the Mississippi River. Get the latest news, weather and updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network. You can find that at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning, welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. In many ways, the annual Prairie Grains Conference is the kickoff to the winter farm show season. Westbred technical product manager Justin Berg says the show is also a way to assess farmer attitude going into 2024.
0: Yeah a little hesitation right now within the marketplace of, of buying their wheat seed for next year. Uh, we've got a couple new varieties coming down the pipeline f- for Westbred uh, that we'll have on increased acres in 2024 so excited to see that and and uh, we're just out here talking about some of the new varieties and, and uh, some of our old varieties that are still, still maini- maintaining market share.
1: Berg remains optimistic about wheat acres?
0: Yeah and we had an interesting fall obviously with the snowfall uh, that we got there in October but I think overall a lot, a lot more uh, fertilizer got put down than was expected and so uh, uh, overall I think it's good for the wheat but uh, you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of pre-buys on chemical going on right now I know so um, you know I think uh, as long as we keep that wheat acre you know and, and the get that commodity, commodity price back up uh, we'll still see a good share of wheat acres.
1: AMVAC is bringing new products to the market in the 2024 growing season. Midwest Marketing Manager Mike Foster says two new tools are on the horizon.
5: One is a product by the name of Zalo. It is a product that is still EPA pending uh, and it'll be a herbicide that uh, has two modes of action available across multiple crops. One of the exciting crops is canola and it will also be uh, utilized in soybeans as well as cotton. So from the Canadian border all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico is one that we anticipate launching this upcoming season.
1: Zalo has two modes of action and two individual AIs. It'll control broad leaves, grasses and volunteer corn from emergence until bolting and canola and flowering and soybeans. Foster advises farmers to take care of the weeds when they're small.
5: Weeds rob yield and uh, the longer you let those weeds grow and get big that ultimately hurts your bottom line. We're obviously going to encourage farmers to spray uh, from an efficacious perspective, when the weeds are small, to mitigate any types of resistance, but also to the larger yet those weeds grow, they're stealing nutrients and moisture away from your crop, which is hurting your yield.
1: BioWake Prime is the other new product coming from Amvac. It's designed to deal with corn rootworm. Checking markets before we leave you this morning, we're uh, seeing Minneapolis March wheat six cents higher, seven twenty-three and a quarter. Chicago March wheat is a quarter of a penny higher at 616, and Kansas City March wheat just a half penny lower at 636. March corn is down a quarter of a penny, 479. July corn unchanged at 501 and a half. January soybeans two and a quarter higher at 1316 and a quarter. March soybeans penny and three quarter higher, 1333 and three quarters. And January canola in Winnipeg 310 a metric ton higher, 354.80 Canadian. On the farm calendar, the uh, NDSU Extension's Central Dakota Ag Day. Today, that begins at 9.30. That's at the Carrington Research Extension Center. Also, the Minnesota Cattle Industry Convention underway in Alexandria starts this morning at 8 a.m. Also, uh, the uh, North Dakota Farmers Union Annual Convention underway in Bismarck. That gets underway this morning at uh, 7.30 for joining us you're listening to the red river farm network